Hello and welcome to another fabulous episode of Retail Nightmares. I am your co-ghost, Jessica Delisle. With me from her own little zone is Alicia Tobin. I don't know why when you said little zone, I imagined that behind me there was a fluorescent light up sign that said baked potato zone. Whoa. (laughs) I would like that. I love how your mind thinks. (laughs) Yeah, thinks in images. That's for sure. Very unhelpful. There's just potatoes dancing around in your brain. (laughs) Haven't had one in a couple of days. A couple of days. Let's get on that stat. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited for our guest today. He's our first time guest. He's coming to us all the way from a different province. Whoa. Edmonton, Alberta, which is is new a new home for him after a long time in Guelph. You may know him as a podcaster or a broadcaster or a writer. The host of the long-running show Creative Control, it's Vishkana. Welcome. Oh, thank you very much for uh, having me. It's nice to see you both, uh, Jessica Alicia. Did you introduce yourself as a co-ghost? Yeah. It's what we call ourselves. There was like a, a missed speak very early on and it's stuck. We're not co-hosts, we're co-ghosts. You're always a co-ghost? Maybe I've missed that. I just, I didn't realize you were a co-ghost. Are you, go- are you, do you feel like a ghost? I have a ghost tattoo. Oh yeah, there's Patrick Swayze. I see that there. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> He's always behind me. It's like a tattoo <laughs> of his arms coming around my torso and molding some clay. Yeah. I love it. Do it's very next. phallic. <laughs> well, no, it's nice to be here. Thanks for uh, inviting me. No one invites me to do anything. So it's nice to be oh, here. Oh, yeah. No, you're I'm, always the host. I often am the host. That's true. Yeah. The, 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 the main ghost. The primary ghost. I'm in a state of shock because I never realized that pottery scene was phallic. Yeah, it's kind of like, I mean, I think all you can make pottery pretty phallic if you want. Yeah, but like, mm, it's, it's very hand jobby. Oh, yeah, that's true, because it starts out uh, wide and then it gets skinnier and skinnier Taller. as your hand and goes you, up like, and then add more liquid. <laughs> oh, I yeah. never, ever thought of that. Uh, is that on Netflix? <laughs> uh, let me just check real quick. <laughs> let me just start playing it real small in the corner of my screen. <laughs> yeah, split screen ghost. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah yeah on. make that pottery i don't know <laughs> did whoopi goldberg win an oscar for that if she didn't she should have i think she I was like at she least nominated did. she did at okay. least so yeah she's she's got an egot does she have a tony award i think she does yeah i'm pretty sure my favorite stat is that of the comic relief trio robin williams and whoopi goldberg have acad- had or have Academy Awards, Billy Crystal, shut out. Nada. He's tr- but he hosted. I know he's hosted, so but he's times. arguably tried the hardest to get one with all the kind of Mr. Saturday Night and kind of elaborate yeah, movies, but he true. fails. He fails. He's, he's not liked, I think, is what happened there. I mean, he, had so, a rough, he had a rough go on uh, social media this week, too. That's right. He oh, was he? talking about cancel culture oh, and uh, comedy... Right. But I read the thing. It's one. Uh, I read it. It wasn't even what I don't think he said anything that bad, frankly. I mean, or I didn't. I mean, like not enough to be like, now he must be canceled. He was just like, yeah, comedy's different. Well, it is. What do you want? What do you want the guy to say? He's an old man. Yeah. I don't think he was saying it was better or worse. He was just like, it's different. And then people with the pitchforks already uh, coming after the guy. Isn't it bad enough? He's never won an Oscar. The only comic relief <laughs> guy. He hasn't he suffered enough. 
He has done a lot of blackface, which came up. Oh, has he? Yes. So I oh, think yeah. that was more where I was like, oh, yeah, ha- comedy has really changed. Yeah. yeah I he- don't remember who the interview was with, but it wasn't like a great, reputable place. It's like the New York Post, maybe. It was the New York Post. Oh, yeah. It's a terrible, terrible. Yeah. Rag. Rag. It's just a lot of clickbait. It was a clickbait. And then yeah. also, yeah, but also he is not uh, uh, a good guy in that regard. He donned blackface several times. It's also the sort of thing where I feel like it's just an easy story. Like, oh, let's get this older celebrity. I mean, I think I don't think it's like a a setup so much as like if you interview like an old dude, like you're always going to be like, oh, everyone's too PC nowadays. Like, and then it comes out that like people are racist or people are like homophobic or turfs or whatever. And so it's just like. Don't ask them what they think. Like it's they're not like they can just like fade away into like irrelevancy. And it's I don't know. Well, we uh, we love to uh, go after comedians because they tell the truth. And it's a hard time. It's a hard time to be like, I'm going to make an observation. I mean, sorry, not all of them. I think some of them obviously are hacky and they go for cliches and stereotypes. But the smart comedians, I th- when I think of the smart comedians. I feel attacked. You think of Lisa Tobin. Lisa Tobin. Well, I feel, sorry. <laughs> I know. I just mean the, the, the comedians that are clever, like they have astute uh, commentary and they're often proven right. And uh, we get mad at them for being right sometimes, I think. And uh, then we go after them. Oh, you think you're so smart and funny? I had a friend in uh, high school who hated comedians. Oh, they think they're so funny. They think they're so (laughs) smart. He just hated that they thought they presented themselves as clever. The funny thing is, like, once you get to know comedians, like, none of them think that about themselves. <laughs> no, they, they're all like, there's so much depression and sadness, and yeah. it's all rooted in pain. I feel attacked again. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Alicia. I, this isn't about you. I apologize. It's true. Yeah, we no. only tell the truth on this podcast. We're truth tellers. This is a, a, a truth zone. It's <laughs> a good segue for the episode today, maybe, uh, I think. Yeah. That's yeah. true. What a pro. So I, uh, over email earlier for our listeners, just a little peek behind the curtain. Vish is such a pro that he suggested like a theme, like sort of uh, uniting all his stories that he could tell under a theme. And that, then that prompted me to refer to him as the Ira Glass of Canada, which I think is like in a, quite a few ways, like there are, there are some comparisons I could draw. You're not the only person who's ever said this. Uh, I don't know Ira Glass's uh, oeuvre <laughs> as well as I should. I but apparently unfortunately I, do. I've been told I, I vaguely look like him. Um, I can see it a bit. Yeah, you got yeah. like the nice sort of like cheekbones. <laughs> I don't know. I have face. cheeks. Yeah, I've got a You've face. Got I have a face and I yep. have horn rim glasses. I have... I've, which I've been wearing for a long, long time. And yeah, before he, I knew who Ira Glass was. Uh, so, yeah, I've been told this before. Yeah. So, yes, you say, uh, you know, uh, thoughtful, uh, pl- uh, organized. A little bit of control, though, too, isn't it? <laughs> I have an idea. I know it's your show, but I have an idea. Let me email it to you. But I, I appreciate that you were like, oh, no, that's actually a good idea. So thank you for the compliments. Honestly, whenever a guest wants to do more work, I'm... I'm always a fan, so it's fine. Also, well, yeah. I think you have cooler hair than Ira Glass. There, oh, I said it. Thank you very much. Your hair looks nice, too. <laughs> thank you. Also, Alicia's <laughs> hair is looking... Alicia, your hair looks great. Lovely uh, and curly. I'm jealous yeah. of both of your grays. I wish my hair would hurry up and catch up. 
seasoned by nature salt and pepper it's just whatever's happening on my head is happening by itself i can't do anything alicia you've got the same thing don't you yeah yeah i just uh, during pandemic times uh just went gray oh were you were you treating it because my mom since i've been 18 my mom is like have you ever maybe thought about i don't know perhaps someday it might be nice to you know, dye color your hair, and I'd be like, no, I don't want to do that because they've been since you're 18. Well, so when I was, uh, I, my dad and I used to go to the exact same barber in Cambridge, Ontario. We went to your place. It was called your place, and uh, <laughs> every uh, it was it wasn't your place either of you. It was called your place. Yeah, and we used to go there, and uh, my dad would often um, come downstairs on like a Saturday, fully gray, like almost completely oh, wow. gray, and then he would go get a haircut even grayer when he got back, disappear upstairs, come back down, <laughs> Cary Grant, black hair Whoa. kind of thing happening. And uh, for those younger listeners, Cary Grant was a guy with hair. So your dad <laughs> would do the just for men. Yeah. So he would go up. So well, it was nice and easy, to be honest. Then he, if we're, <laughs> we're going to push any products, they would get nice and easy. So then he would come down full head of hair uh, black. Anyway, then I'd go to the barber at like 18 years old and uh, the guy would be cutting my hair and he'd say, man, you got a lot of gray hair for your age, you know, is what he meant. And I'd be like, well, yeah, I mean, you You know, thinking like you you cut my dad's hair. I was like, yeah, well, you know, my dad, he went gray uh, young too, I guess. And I mean, you've seen him. He's got a lot of gray hair. And And the barber said, not as many as you. What? <laughs> like I say, like my dad would come down a little Full salt gray. and pepper, and then he would come back from the barber just completely like, you know, older Cary Grant <laughs> for the younger people. Like just, and then he would disappear and come down and be younger Cary Grant. So they, they would always color their hair and they thought it was a, all these Indian, you know, I, my parents are Indian, Indian people, all like jet black hair. And, and then meanwhile, I was like, a, I've always been, uh, well, now I'm the gray sheep, but I was always the black sheep. I always did things <laughs> differently than the other Indian kids. And I think some of them, because I liked music, like music and culture, and I didn't want to make money and be a doctor, do something sensible. I was just like, no, I'm just going to do whatever I want in life. And so they, some of the kids were like, who is this freak who gets to do whatever? Why can he do whatever he wants? But yeah, anyway, in that same vein, I would resist the calls from my parents to dye my hair. Or cut it. Like, well, I, I, I know the, that they're not <laughs> fans of how long it is now. Yeah, they're not. They, they, uh, you know, you might know this, Jessica. They, they, they were really upset. I had a big beard until recently. I had a pandemic beard. So I stopped shaving in like March of 2020. And I only, uh, as we're speaking now, I only shaved a couple weeks ago. So like sometime in April. Wow. And I, I decided I would keep the beard until it felt like normalcy. <laughs> was coming back. So then when the vac, I got vaccinated, I have one dose of the, uh, one of the vaccines. Have either, uh, Jessica, have you been vaccinated? I booked uh, my appointment this morning. I got my invitation text at 3.34 a.m. this morning. Oh, no. Did you Thanks. miss it? Is that, was Thanks, it supposed government. to happen <laughs> happen today? Um, they No, they, I'm booked for the end of May. Um, oh, okay. But they, yeah, like from my age group, they were like, you'll get a text after 7 p.m. on this day. So I was like waiting, waiting. I did four loads of laundry last night. And every time I went down, I would like grab my phone and like stick it in my bra just in case. And like had my PHN number and my like, you know, registration number ready to go. And then I couldn't stay up much later than like 2.30. So I went to bed and then they texted at 3.30. Weird. 
Yeah. That's weird. Okay, yeah. well, that's good. Uh, I'm sorry. I, should, uh, uh, I shouldn't presume that either of you are pro-vax. Uh, <laughs> one is, of you... This is a truth zone. <laughs> that's right. One of you could be anti. Alicia, no. are, have you, are you going to get vaccinated? Do you plan to? I got to? vaccinated in, uh, early because I work for a food company, so it was a, my little thing says an essential worker. Oh, good for you. Yeah. But I got AstraZeneca, so I'm kind of curious to see what's going to happen with that second shot. That's what I have, and I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to get that one because of all the bad press. I actually canceled an appointment the day of. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, just sorry. because you were worried. Well, no, because I was like two hours away from supposed my, my was supposed to get it. And I was two hours away, and then that thing came out about how the plant was contaminated. Where they made the the, the oh I had, I didn't hear that that's uh, better you I didn't. mailed them a dirty diaper <laughs> <laughs> I thought it'd be a funny prank but thanks very much it was a bad idea <laughs> yeah it was bad anyway so then I I went on the thirtieth so when did you get yours Alicia if I might ask roughly the eighteenth of March nice. oh so you're past the danger zone so to speak of side effects yeah right? and uh, for the listener and for those of you I have. I'm on kind of a diet, uh, not reading about vaccines. That's a good call. Because Smart, it was too yeah. much, too overwhelming. I don't have the mind for it. And I was stressed out all the time. And I found some conversations with my friends about the vaccine stressful. But I have a neighbor in the neighborhood who would stress me out whenever I saw her. And she would talk about vaccines. And everyone was just really wants a vaccine. But she wasn't going to get the AstraZeneca one and I with autoimmune conditions and, you know, having to commute to work once a week and having some friends that are pretty high risk. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to take the first vaccine that gets offered. And it was such a joy to have it extended to, you know, the office people at work as well. And I don't feel foolish and I don't regret it. Um, but I also now really understand why people are nervous. Yeah. So. And the, um, the the information in the media is not great. Like you never know. Like as we're speaking uh, uh, the day before yesterday uh, here in Alberta, they were like, we are freezing AstraZeneca first doses because we don't have enough for the people who need the second dose. We only have 8,400 uh, second doses. Meanwhile, 255,000 people got the first dose and I was like, I did the math and that was not good. The, 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 the math, the math didn't make sense. And they were like, so we're freezing uh, the first dose. Then in Ontario, like within 24 hours, we're freezing AstraZeneca just because oh, it doesn't seem like it might be good for people because of the blood clot thing. Then the next in the same, like within hours, I looked at the news again and they said, uh, so everyone's freezing AstraZeneca. This is a worrying position to take because we are expecting 655,000 more doses of AstraZeneca in Canada. So within 24 hours, it's like, we don't have that much of it. And then the next day or so, I think it was the next day, I said that to my friend, because I was like, what the fuck? Now I'm going to have to take the Pfizer or the Moderna? And they like they don't know what the crossing of the right, vaccines yeah. does. What are we doing here? Like, why are we crossing guinea pigs? The, the streams. Don't cross the streams. Yeah, crossing the streams. Exactly. So then, they, then the next it. day, it was like, we got 655,000 of the AstraZeneca coming. Meanwhile, most provinces are like, fuck AstraZeneca. We're not giving it to people because of the blood clot risk, which is still <laughs> pretty low. It's very frustrating. And then I saw a headline <laughs> that said, oh, well, uh, bad news for people about the mixing of the vaccines. It's bad news. And then I looked at it, at what the side effects were for the trial, for the mixed uh, fever, sore arm. I'm like, What? That's know, not that bad. Is, That's the same thing we already had. This is all the all the older people in my life. Like they're like, don't whatever you do, don't get the AstraZeneca. And I'm like, chill out. Like I'm gonna get whatever I'm gonna get. But they're all like, 
telling me all their side effects and they're like, I was really fatigued and I like, I had to take a nap and my arm hurt. And I was like, so the same, that's the same as the flu shot and any vaccine you may get. And like, but they were acting like it like really put them out. And I was like, you know, like exploding inside my brain being like, you are so lucky. Like, (laughs) Just yeah. be happy that like you didn't die of COVID, you know? Yeah, like, <laughs> it's a psychologically fraught time for us to be processing all this information yeah. and misinformation and it changes all the time. Yeah. Literally, we don't and have no- enough of it. The next day we have we have more coming than we know what to do with. <laughs> but it's so frustrating. Yeah. Anyway, you're I right, think- Alicia. I'm also my wife. I used to be on it every day, like looking at the and I, I'm like I you. I'm like, up. I'm done. Yeah, I, I'm done. And now my wife will tell me, did you hear the thing? I'm like, no. Jay, what is it now? Jade is more up on it than I am. And so is my mom. And they're constantly message, or, you know, like Jay's not messaging me. We're just talking. And then like <laughs> Lorna, my mom is messaging me about it. And I, I was mainly happy, like a, I'm very happy to be getting the vaccine, but, but B, I was like, I'm so happy that like the two people who love me most, my mother and my husband will like relax a little bit yeah, <laughs> because they've yeah. been so worried. And they're like, my mom, when I was going down to do the laundry last night, I was taking my phone and waiting for my text. I kept getting texts from Lorna being like, have you gotten your text yet? And I'm like, I will let you know. Yeah. Yeah. My parents. It's going to be so great to see your mom again though, and not have I know. to you know, social distance. It's been, she's just right there. I know. Oh, she's yeah. in the same province. You're, you're she's both in, in. She's in Langley, which is just a suburb of Vancouver. Oh, Langley, BC. So. Yeah. 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 My parents are in Ontario. So they ask for updates and they've, they've gotten, uh, no, they've gotten just the first uh, Pfizer Good. dose so far. Good. and uh, Yeah, anyway, yeah, it's a rough uh, time. It's weird. It's weird. <laughs> and it's also like, I don't, I, I understand where they're coming from. And I'm trying to just be like, hey, it's going to happen whenever it happens. But then I feel like it's also catching like their, <laughs> their anxiety is sort well, of contagious. It is contagious. Like, that's one of the reasons why I'm not like, I'm just on my own at home processing information. So I don't have anyone to like bounce ideas off of or, or say to, like don't knock you out of the anxiety. Yeah. So you're... I just stopped, stopped engaging with it and yeah, it helped. But then sometimes people are talking about current events around the vaccine and numbers. And like, I'm aware of what's going on internationally, but within like Canada, much less so. And just because I just, it's so frustrating. I'm not like yeah. I lost faith in a lot of systems. <laughs> well, our country has proven itself to be a false fake country, I think. It doesn't feel yeah. like a real country in a lot of ways. And I will admit to you that I'm a, a hypochondriac. <laughs> uh, and so this is a lot of well, people are. It's yeah. been a it's been a complicated time, but I've been really uh, mostly just fine, resolute because we're we're just I against my wife's better wishes initially, but I think she's realized I was correct. We didn't put our kids back in school at all. So this whole year, there was no even opportunity for them to be sent home. We just, I'm like, you know what? I don't think this is going to go well. And I think they're kind of underselling what the going back to school will mean. Because it's not just what the kids, it's the parents are going to start to do normal stuff and act normal. So I am a bit of a hypochondriac worrier. But I will say to you, uh, I'm only uh, uh, a couple weeks, I think on Friday, tomorrow, as we're speaking, I'll be two weeks into my first dose of X of AstraZeneca. And they tell you like four to 28 days is when you should be monitoring for weird side oh. effects. If you're, if you're likely to have a negative, a harsh reaction, like a, let's just, I don't want to say it, but it's, it rhymes with it's not gl- glud plot. <laughs> and so I don't want to bring it on, 
Diarrhea? <laughs> yeah, that's what that that's what that was code yeah. for. It's anyway, a slant rhyme. I will say I'm a little on itch. Like at least a moment of every day, I'm like, do I? What's this thing? What's this thing on my leg? Yeah. Well, what's this what's happening? Cramp in, in my leg or yeah. yeah. Where'd my beard go? What happened? I, I'm like, what happened? I, my beard is missing. The hair yeah. sucked back into my face. Where <laughs> is it? Is it in be, the cheeks? This Did wasn't I eat on it? the this wasn't on the list of side effects. What is what is going on? So anyway, I, I will admit to you. I'm enjoying this, but I have like this. And I had a mild, uh, a mild anxiety attack today as I was being shuttled around by the Toyota dealership guy because uh, I dropped <laughs> oh, no. my van off early in the morning. And then I was in this van with this guy. And I don't know this guy. We're both wearing masks. But I have that like. Uh, yeah. I, I, no, that's normal. That's I know. valid. Totally. And I know, like, but I've, these okay. things are. Yeah, I think that's a healthy worry. And also like these things are going to last with us for a while. But good thing uh, we have a podcast where we can uh, talk, talk about all of our... Oh, yeah, and talk, yeah. yeah. All of our... Yeah, we can talk it <laughs> Not through. Not just escape, but there's we no escape. We have someone who can knock us out of our of our anxiety spirals. I should say that I, I was also nervous because the whole ride I was French kissing the guy. So oh, that yeah. I didn't know but who like, he was. And you deserve it. Like I, it's that's geez. the best kind of French kissing when you don't really know the person. Yeah. I think that's why it's called French kissing. Stranger danger. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know <laughs> what the because French... Because he's slowly slipping a croissant into your anus. <laughs> <laughs> that is the... Say magnifique. Uh, magnifique Wait for indeed. the thick part. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Bongu. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So my whole survival strategy is not think about stuff, but my dad, uh, who I'm quite close with, uh, he was worried. And that's the kind of like, that's the kind of contagious worry that I have. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm surviving on just not thinking about stuff. And that really sums up a lot of how I survived this far in life. It's like, I'll just like compartmentalize a lot of yeah. things. I have the same thing my parents have, which is waves of absolute Zen. Right. Uh, that are measured by waves of unholy, unreasonable panic. Yeah. <laughs> That's a real like, wild ride. So my dad the other day is like, you'll be fine. It's fine. You'll be fine. Don't worry about the AstraZeneca. You'll be fine. This is the same guy who would be like, what are you doing? I'm just <laughs> watching Letterman. I'm in your house on a Friday night. Your child, teenage boy, like I'm not doing drugs. Come down. You got to turn off the TV. Like just worried that it was corrupting me. And I'm like, Aww. what? So well, David like, Letterman has that effect on youth. Yeah. Look at what happened. Look at what's happened to you. Look how long your hair is. Oh, wow. I just, a uh, for a visual bit, I just showed off my... Late show with David Letterman mug wow. to uh, the the hosts of the ghosts of the show. You're a fan for life. Well, so, speaking of the show, yeah. Oh yeah, we're on get, a show. We're on a we're on a show with a theme. With a theme. And <laughs> yeah. What's the theme? Lead us. Well, do I have yeah. to say it? No, I don't. I don't know if I should well, say. Well, okay. I'll I'll set you up. Okay. So Vish, <laughs> I know that in your life you've worked several retail jobs. Uh, one of them. Being McDonald's. Yeah, that was my... So I've been working since I was 12 years old. Wow. And you're 15 well, I, now. Yeah, I'm 15 now. <laughs> no, I had a I had a paper route. Does that count as a job? Yeah, for sure. So I had the paper route, the Cambridge Times, which I went on to write for, by the way. Oh, uh, full circle. really started at the bottom. Yeah. I started in the, in the lower than the mailroom. It was outside of the mailroom, <laughs> uh, carrying newspapers around. And then, yeah, my first uh, job in... Uh, High school was McDo was was McDonald's, and it sort of uh, it sort of works with the theme. The theme I uh, I came up with, I guess, 
was uh, the sort of white lies, the dishonesty yeah. that exists within retail, you know, the kind of secrets we keep when we work in retail among ourselves, you know, and we keep from the customers. But then there's also that dynamic where the customer is lying to you. You're lying to the customer. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure you've had these experiences. And they're like, often they're just little white lies. Yes. Uh, and, and I find that psychologically really fascinating. Um, my McDonald's experience isn't quite a lie. But what they picked up on was um, I was called in. I, I got hired and I was on probation. And I got called in to see the manager a few weeks in. And they said, uh, well, you got a little problem. And I said, oh, yeah, what's, uh, what's the problem? Well, uh, we don't think you care enough about the food. <laughs> wow, okay. Wait, how old are you? 15? Yeah, th- 14, 15. 14? I'm like, what's that? <laughs> and they're like, well, it just doesn't seem like it. And they didn't. It was weird code. Like they could have just said, you don't you clearly don't give a shit about working here, man. Like to actually develop like they came up with this whole like emotional connection that I wasn't having with the McChickens. Like what does a filet of fish mean to you? Yes, exactly. Write me and I, an essay. <laughs> and so that to me was like a little dishonest in itself. That's disingenuous. You're trying to be like we you're lazy. You're not fast enough, maybe because I'm not the fastest at stuff. I will admit that I take my time. But uh, but they came up with like you don't care enough about the food. So they but they said so we're going to give you you got three shifts left on your schedule. We're going to give you and I'm making that number up. It might have been two shifts. I don't remember. You have a few shifts on your schedule. If you can prove that you care about the food, we'll keep you on. Weird. Yeah. So I had to pretend. And so the thing with working, I was in the kitchen. I wasn't at the cash. That would be the thing. If I was like, if someone was like, uh, can I get a Happy Meal? And I was really sarcastic all the time. Oh, yeah, right. It's a real Happy Meal. <laughs> that is just like, then, then you've got an issue. You've got a customer service issue. But I was in the kitchen. Were you like, just what am like I supposed to, sloppy what? or something? Is no, that what they were no, trying no, no. to say? <laughs> no, no. I employ some of my McDonald's training to this day when I'm in the kitchen. I valued yeah, I the experience like you've made me snacks before in your home and i'm like yeah you're you're plus you have that grimace jungle gym in the back <laughs> got that play place <laughs> that's right <laughs> in the ball i've pit. got the i've got the mcdonald's play place in my you back care here. about it i did care a little bit but at the same time how much am i supposed to care about and McDonald's you, food, like it was how do fast you food. Show a change. I'm imagining you like kissing every patty and like putting it in, being like, "I love you so much." So it it actually that kind of I was so mad that <laughs> oh, no. um, I remember that in the last shift, uh, before I get to the last shift, uh, in which I had lost my voice. That's oh, no. that's integral because part of the thing with being in the McDonald's kitchen is you fire up, you make a bunch of quarter pounders or McChickens and you say, McChicken up. And there was that, in the old days anyway, they had a a metal heating lamp thing and you pushed, Mm -hmm. you put them all in there and you'd say, McChicken up. And you'd yell to your comrade in the cash area. So they knew that the food was up. And so the second last shift, I got sarcastic. Oh. And I gave every sandwich literally a pep talk. (laughs) <laughs> you're gonna be the best McChicken ever <laughs> go out there and be the greatest McChicken of all time and and so my colleagues were laughing and the manager was like uh then the last shift I lost my voice I had laryngitis of some kind or sore throat and so I began to pantomime oh my god instead of saying McChicken up I'd be like waving at my and I'd be like you know <laughs> People can't see this who are listening, but I put my hands in my armpits and I did a wing. You're doing a chicken motion. dance. I was what did mostly, you do for burger? Well, that's just it. I, I decided, because uh, I think, I don't remember what the rules were, but I just, 
<laughs> moo. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I guess I would have really had moo. to. Yeah. I'd had to charade it. But no, I think I just uh, for the last shift I positioned myself at the deep fryer. So you got your filet of fish, your McChicken. That was, by the way, the era of the um, McPizza. Oh yeah, brief. Yeah, so I had to make those. Yeah, burnt my fingers on that pizza thing a couple times. I must admit. Again, I was only there uh, four or five weeks. So anyway, that that instilled that whole experience. I don't know. That whole experience instilled in me this this facade of like, uh, you know, you've got to care about the food as a 15 year old kid. And then, uh, you know, I didn't lie, but I, I had to pretend in my last couple of shifts that I really cared. It's acting. Yeah, it was acting. I found it to be weird. Yeah. So anyway, the, the then I worked at a gas station uh, for some time for most of my high school life. And I was just telling the story the other day to my my children about how I used to work midnight shifts at least once a month uh, for a weekend. As Have you ever team? done that? No, yeah. no. So yeah, the 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 Shell stations. Uh, this woman, her name was her name was Kathy Dufresne. She she so she was a franchisee. So she owned a a Shell just on the border of Kitchener and Cambridge, Ontario, in the sort of pioneer sports world area, which is gone. You don't even know what that means. It's in Ontario, but someone might. Who's listening in Ontario? And so she owned that one. She owned one in Preston and she owned one uh, closer to where I lived in Galt. And so there were 24-7, two of them were, and I would oscillate between the two. And uh, yeah, I was just telling my kids the other day. So yeah, I was in high school. And so one Friday a month, I would come home from high school and go right to bed and just lay there. Just lay there for like six, seven hours until like 11 p.m. Then... Not because I was dirty. To wake myself up, I would take a shower. And then I would drive myself to the, the gas station at midnight and then work just barely staying awake from midnight to eight. You know, I'm, I didn't drink coffee. I wasn't a, I'm, I only started drinking coffee since I've had children. So and yeah, energy it was, drinks weren't even like a thing back then, really. Yeah, that's right. Wait, how old do you think I am? No, but I'm like assuming like when did Red Bull become a thing? Like the nineties, the late nineties. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I but I wouldn't have had that stuff anyway. I was very pure. Didn't drink alcohol. I had Coke, Coca Cola, and Pepsi, if you will, and maybe RC Cola. Jolt. Maybe I'd had the odd jolt. Whoa. <laughs> it's weird though. Like we are telling your children this story. Why? To terrify them a bit? <laughs> yeah. To be like, you should be happy. I don't make you do this. I'm trying to think. It just happened yesterday. I don't actually know why it came up. <laughs> just rambling. <laughs> I think, uh, oh, it was because my, um, my wife was telling them something about, we were, my son was like, why do people go to university? Uh, do I need to go to university or could I, is there some other school like, or no, his exact comment was, did you guys finish high school? Ah, uh, okay. Which I was like, yeah, no, we did. We, uh, yeah, we both met at university. And so whatever. And again, it got a little like, should I go to college? And I'm like, you're nine. Why are we having yeah. this conversation? <laughs> yeah. And then my wife was like, you could go and be, you know, you could train to do this. You could train to do that. My son thinks he's going to be an NBA star. That's Aww. his... If you ask him what his game plan is, it's NBA star or YouTuber, like I mean, gamer, gamer yeah. on YouTube. Those are his only vocational He's, pursuits. I think more as a nine-year-old, that sounds great. Yeah, it's more ambitious bad. than I've ever been. <laughs> so doesn't do the work. He does the work with the gaming, but the he, basketball, it's he not. He draws a lot of uh, pictures of basketball, if basketball players and stuff. That's I true. feel like I've seen that on the internet. And it's yes, great. it's true. He's visualizing right now. Yeah. No, he's a. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. I think we were just talking about jobs and options, Mm -hmm. depending on 
what level of school you finished and whether you'd be, you know, what, what you wanted to do in life. My wife was like, maybe you want to be a plumber. Maybe you want to be an electrician. Like it depends what, maybe you'll go to a trade college, whatever you want to do. And then I was like, you know, one of my, that's how it came up. I was like, you know, one of my jobs in high school, by the way, was this anyway. So I was just telling them how like Friday I barely made it. Then Saturday I would sleep all day uh, for like eight hours. Then I would be on the right sort of body clock, body clock. Is that actually a, (laughs) Listen yeah. to your body clock. Yeah. <laughs> body clock. <laughs> yeah. And then I would work the next midnight shift and be fine. But then on Monday, I'd have to go back to school. That's when would you do your homework? Like I did it on the midnight shift. Oh, Were your parents okay. at all concerned about this? Or is it just like, yes, absolutely. That's what my, and that's another thing. My worries, my, my, my wife said that your parents let Allowed you work. This? At a gas station, like the chance, and they were all like by highway exits. That's what yeah. I pointed out. Anyway, this doesn't really work with the theme uh, <laughs> per se. Um, sorry, I don't know this. Do you eat meat? Well, I do now. I used I was a vegetarian for a long time. Until were you a vegetarian we... at the gas station? Yeah. Oh, okay, so you never ate one of those gas station microwave hamburgers? No, we didn't have that. Oh. I had a kiosk. Oh, Actually, it was just sorry. A little tiny box. Uh, uh, initially, the the two locations each had the kiosk with the dry food. I did eat food. We used to, my friends and I used to call my tummy the shell belly because <laughs> I would eat like all the snacks uh, from the shell from the shell kiosk. Shell but belly, shell I love belly, it. yeah. But uh, sorry, that was the company. Should I plug the gas station? It was shell. Yeah, we love shell. Shell oil. Well, so I used to do, I was a, I hope Kathy Dufresne is not listening. I was a little, you know, I know I, the theme is about dishonesty, but I was actually a little overly honest. So Shell, uh, okay. I don't know if you guys know this, but if you say you have a, a car and you're out of windshield washing fluid, washer fluid, I guess, is, is that what Canadians call it? Windshield washer, windshield washer fluid, I think is what it's called. Yeah. People would come into a Shell and they'd, plunk the thing on the thing on the on the counter and say uh, ring me up and i would say you know there's a canadian tire down the road oh too that, honest a, this exact thing i know this i was there the other day it's 3.99 here it's a dollar 49 and they like <laughs> they like what i'm not supposed to be doing that i was honest to a fault i was like uh yeah you don't want to you don't want to get this and they'd be like thanks and they'd put it back and so i was that like i was i had a level of I don't, yeah, as a teen, I just was like, fuck this place. And also I would put like, Shell had some shady business in Nigeria. So I would put surreptitiously, surreptitiously put up flyers. Oh. About, uh, activ- I was a little activisty on some level. And uh, so I was, I was trying to be honest. But the biggest dishonest thing, do you know what air miles are? Yeah, vaguely. Yeah, I'm still always like, yeah. what? Do you have points? <laughs> well, so Air Miles was is its own company. Everyone has their own version of Air Miles now. But in the mid-90s, there was this company that was just called Air Miles. You know, there's Aeroplan on your credit card. There's all sorts of things, right? But there's a company called Air, Air, Air Miles. And what it was at Shell is if someone spent more than $15, every $15 was an increment of one point. So ah. if you've got 30, you got two points, etc. And we had, uh, did you guys ever work in a place where there were secret shoppers? Not to my knowledge. Not, they no, but they, my well, aunt they, was one. <laughs> right. So secret shoppers were, you could get fired from the shell if you didn't ask someone for air miles. If, if, if oh, the secret shopper whoa. came in, they had, they, had, they had criteria, right? Wow. And so you had to be polite and say please and thank you and all that stuff. But if you didn't ask for, if you ever are at a grocery store 
or a gas station and someone out of nowhere says, do you collect air miles? They are being told. They have to. It, they have to. By punishment, they have to do that. that they That's a little trade secret, job. by the way, that I learned early on. But they'll say it like, don't you notice that they'll ring you through and they'll always say it. They, yeah. And it's they are conditioned because if you're a secret shopper and you and they and they don't hear you say it, you can lose your job or be put on probation. That kind of shit is so dehumanizing and yeah. so normal in these low-paying like these jobs, like the, the McDonald's job. Like you're making minimum wage, maybe even less because you're young. I know there's like in certain provinces, there's there's like a half wage here if you were like right out of high school and like really, really messed up stuff that we do to workers. But no child should be having that conversation with an adult manager that you're not passionate about this job that pays you nothing. Yeah. And that sort of conditioning is like like an illness. And I, I just wanted to backtrack. I, I have to know. What was your favorite thing to eat at McDonald's? Oh, yeah. Okay, so in high school, I wasn't uh, quite a vegetarian. What happened was I saw a CD-ROM... On a propaganda album that showed the conditions of uh, slaughterhouses, like this towards the end of high school, I guess. And then I was like, fuck it. Because I'd always feel a little bad eating meat. Like, I would physically feel not great. Sure. Um, so, at some point in sort of near the end of high school, I'm like, I'm vegetarian. I, I, I would try to stick to it and go, uh, I, I would say I was going cold poultry, my friend. <laughs> I'm like, I'm stopping. I can't do this anymore. I'm going cold poultry. But at McDonald's at the time, when I was younger, before the propaganda CD-ROM, I liked the the McChicken. Yeah, I think I liked the McChicken and the fries. I am an Indian. In Indian culture, there's a lot of fried food. Samosas. Um, it's not the same exactly. Pakora. Pakora, exactly. A lot of crispy, deep fried, coronary making stuff. Yeah, there's lots of good Indian food. I do miss, because I have also not eaten an outside meal uh, oh, since wow. March of 2020, basically. We had wow. one fish and chips order at my parents-in-law's place. But no, we've been cooking like uh, mad people, and it's been fun. Uh, we have pizza night, and uh, I like... Except the kids are rejecting all our fast food emulation. Oh! Burgers and fries again? No! What? My wife made a Jap chai, some sort of meat noodle, and they were like, oh, yeah, this is great. I want this again. But you, and they were like, we don't want pizza. We have, My son and my daughter will be like, we were having a meeting and we decided <laughs> that we don't like pizza night. I'm like, what? Okay. When I went to your house, you your show had a pizza sponsor and you were like, oh, I can get us a bunch of pizzas like with my, my yeah. discount. And I was like... Discount. It was free. It was free. Amazing. <laughs> and we had pizza and I was like, this is the greatest thing to do ever. But like, were they pizzaed out by that? Do you think? Well, they're bored. <laughs> yeah, that's there's true. a monotony to bored. life now that every Friday is pizza night. Really, Papa? Like every Friday night, you put on an apron and you make a different pizza. And and they've also rejected all the flavors. Oh. So they for a while now they're hypocrites. <laughs> of course you, of course you hate pizza night. You ask for the same thing every time. Like that's take true. the. Like he'll eat, my son will eat meat. So he'll have, anyway, yeah, sorry. This was uh, several <laughs> tangents there. It's okay. I didn't eat meat. And then I started to eat, I didn't eat meat for a long time. Then I, I was dating someone that was vegan and then swung 180. And then I joined in mm. uh, for a brief period. But then, yeah, for like 20 odd years, I was completely vegetarian. And, you know, proteins became an issue. 
I always, I started to feel like a burden at people's homes. And I was, you know, I wore that burden with pride. <laughs> yes. Fuck you. I, I'm not going to eat the animals. That's what my attitude was kind of quietly. And I developed a distaste for it. Just like physically, physiologically, I rejected it for a long time. But then when we had kids, I found myself making uh, a meal for the three people in my family who ate meat and me separately. And and it was not satisfying. The time, I didn't have the time. Like This is pre-pandemic. This is like, I got home from work and you've got like an hour and a half window to prepare a whole meal. Like uh, the way we used to live was crazy. Yeah. Like for parents and How work. How did anyone get all of it done? No, like I, I, It's like impossible to look back at like everyone's previous lives and being like, we actually did all that stuff. It's insanity. Like here, I've been working from home for a year and a half now, whatever it's been. It's 4.30. I better start prepping dinner. And I walk. I'm in my office, as you can see, maybe right now. And I just walk like a, a few feet and I'm in my kitchen and I'm peeling potatoes or I'm getting vegetables Ooh, ready and potatoes. I'm doing stuff. And my wife is also doing stuff and there's no commuting. It's great. I yeah. like aspects of this so much, uh, given the privilege and fortune I have to have the job I have. Uh, which is long. All my jobs, maybe Jessica, you would know this because you've been tracking my LinkedIn since we met. Uh, <laughs> but most of my jobs are on this machine. Yeah. And every job I've had, almost every job I've had since graduating university. Uh, I just wanted for the listener to say that when um, he said his machine, he means the tractor he's sitting on. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He's a, he's been on a tractor this entire time. The entire time. I'm on a tractor. That's right. He's sitting in a field. I I meant to say my computer machine. I'm sorry. You're a scarecrow. (laughs) My computational machine uh, connects me to all the work I have to do. It's a lot of my work has been writing online and talking to people online. And so uh, it was always like when I was working for CBC in Ontario, I would live in Guelph and commute to Toronto. And the Toronto commute got worse and worse. It was like three hours a day of sitting on trains. Yeah. Uh, which was luxurious. Like that was cool. But I was literally getting up at six in the morning to unplug a laptop, to take it to another city an hour and a half away and plug it in there. Then I would come back at night, get home at like seven. My wife had to have done everything for the boy when he was little, feed him, bathe him. Cause you miss that. I would walk in and I was missing stuff. And I was Aww. like, this is so stupid. It's the same, literally the same machine. Now I wasn't our lives going... are virtual. It's yeah. a virtual commute. Anyway, my point <laughs> is this. Air Miles <laughs> used to have a thing. And if you uh, didn't ask some... So I always had to say, do you collect Air Miles? And I will tell you that when someone said no, once a shift, I would collect their Air Miles. Oh, And sneaky. what I would do is if someone showed up with like a van or a truck... Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. Fill her up. There's no way this guy collects air miles. There's no way. <laughs> and they would come in and it would be like, you know, $150. And I'd say, whoa, do you uh, collect air miles? They'd be like, no. What the hell is that? I'm like, never you mind, sir. And then I would swipe my card and I would collect, I can't do the math off the top of my head, but that was a lot of air miles. I think it's 10. I would get all these air miles. I had so many air miles and I never, uh, never, Bought the gas. So that's... What did you bad? do with the air miles? Yeah, what, what do you do with it? Not much. It's very complicated to use the air miles. You, <laughs> yeah. You can't you really like use them. like a toaster oven or... 
Well, you can do other stuff with it. It's true. But the air miles part of it, it was the selling point. Imagine flying for free. Yeah. You know how shitty flying is? Imagine if we <laughs> gave you a card. By the way, they misspelled my name on my uh, Air Miles card. You know how I go by Vish? Mm-hmm. They uh, spelled it uh, Dish. <laughs> Come on. Dish? The direct translation, if everything was mispronounced, was Dish Dinner. Dish dinner. <laughs> That's right. Earlier dinner, I ex- dish. Earlier I explained that uh, the way I have anglicized the pronunciation of my last name uh, was uh, is Kana. I grew up uh, Vish Kana. Vish Kana. And Kana. I never liked it. I felt like I was on Fargo. <laughs> I know you guys like Minnesota accents. I'm oh, not, yeah. I don't mean to invite. Oh, God. Oh, Here yeah. we go. Yeah. So so <laughs> then I in university, I was like, I don't want to be Kana. I'm going to be Kana. Yeah. Um, so the Indian pronunciation, as I mentioned, I think before we started rolling, Vishkana and Kana, uh, or sorry, Vishkanna, Kanna is the sort of pr- proper, uh, my name is properly Vishal Kanna with a little bit of a l- accent, but I changed it to Vishkana and the Kana means dinner. So yes, my name for, on my air miles, I am Dish Dinner. You're dish absolutely dinner. correct. I love Just wanted it. to, I, I hope I didn't over explain that, but I feel like people no. might've been out of the loop. <laughs> anyway... That felt bad. I felt a little bit bad about that. My whole... Is I that, don't think you should feel I bad. I probably would have too, and it probably would have felt really sneaky, but uh, in the terms of the world, there is absolutely no victims. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like that's like a brilliant idea. So, And I only did it once a shift. I didn't want to get caught. Oh yeah, you can't do it every too. transaction. They'd be like, what the hell, man? How much so gas you get? You got to right. pick. Like, it's like a gamble. Like... Is this going to be the most money someone spends on my shift? But I was one of your only friends with an air miles card. (laughs) Well, no, I turned my other friends on. I'm like, guys, you have no idea. This is great. So you had a club. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. I probably didn't convince anyone to get an air miles card. (laughs) Why would I have done that? You were an influencer. So maybe this is a a bad example. I, I guess I'm talking more about me being overly honest and virtuous for the most part. No, Except for stealing sneaky, the air miles. little white lie. Like it's not hurting anyone. But surely you've, I've been in situations where I have been lied to. And I want to, I will tell a story about this that is more <laughs> germane to the theme I propose. But I wonder, I want to, as a host, it's my nature to turn the tables. I, I don't know, Alicia, you, you've worked in retail. Have you ever been in a situation where either the customer is lying to you or you end up having to tell a little fudge to the uh, like a little lie to the customer. Oh yeah, of course, both. Both, yeah. What about you, there, uh, J- Jess? Are you the same thing? I have like a retail nightmare that happened to me yesterday, where I'm pretty sure a lie was involved. Oh, yesterday. This is fresh. That's a fresh one, and it's like it hurts. Like it's so fresh. It's okay, like a I, fresh do you, wound. Do you want to talk about it? I do. I really do. Um. So for some backstory, when Jay and I got married back in 2017, congratulations. We went, Oh, thank you. You're welcome. We're registered at Valley Village. <laughs> we we went on this little honeymoon, just like a couple nights at Harrison Hot Springs, which is a quick drive from where we live in Vancouver. And on our way back, we stopped at a Valley Village um, in, I think, Abbotsford or Chilliwack. Anyway, it was a great Valley Village. I found this beautiful 90s Gap jean jacket that like I'd never seen anything like it before or since. It's just like a cropped jean jacket. Anything cropped is great on me. Long sleeves and the sleeves are like um, like tapestry. They're like a different material than the body of the jean jacket. Oh, wow. I love this jacket. Yeah, it's cool. Whenever I wear it, I get compliments. It was in perfect condition. 
Okay, so cut to now. I've been wearing this coat for a while. I sort of looked at it recently and I was like, you know, I've never washed this before. I should wash it. So it's like it was fine. There was no stains. It was like, you know, didn't stink or anything. It's just a jean jacket. You wear it for like a brief period in the spring and fall. So I put it, I folded it up. I put it in the bottom of my laundry hamper for like hand wash. And then finally it comes to the time where I'm like, time to whip this out and hand wash it. And then I look at the care label and it's like dry clean only. And I'm like, then I start my research of like, is this one of these garments that's like actually dry clean only? Or is it right. like 90s dry clean only that I can actually hand wash and it'll be fine. I consult my mother. I consult my friend. I consult my friend who owns a vintage clothing shop. Like, what should I do? And they tell me, bless their hearts. They put up with my bullshit because um, I've never been to a dry cleaner before. I think they're kind of weird and I don't understand them. Um, and this is this is vaguely an old Seinfeld bit, but please continue. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. But it is. Yeah, it's like mysterious and it's expensive. And I don't I don't really it's for like business people. I don't know. <laughs> So well, I think suits. Yeah, it's like uh, all like a, dress shirts a, and stuff. As someone who identifies as a man, I've been conditioned to take the suit to be dry clean dry only. Cleaner. Yeah, I'm not going to put that in the washing machine. Well, you can't put it in the washing machine. Yeah. I feel like anytime you get into a, a thing where someone says that this is the only way to do it, you're right. Yeah. To, your antenna should go up. They yeah. really. The only dry clean only. The reason why I can see why is because of the two difference. Yeah. Could and shrink at different rates. Right, yeah, the sleeves. Yeah, exactly. Sure. And right. that color could. Could bleed. Yeah. Those are the two things that my friend who's like an expert on vintage clothes and washing them. Like she's, she works at the rag yards where she has to like grab everything and wash it all. And she doesn't know what it is. And so it's like a gamble. Right. But she said like, this is what could happen if you hand wash it. If you want it to look exactly the same as it is now, take it to a dry cleaner. And I was like, perfect. She's like, it'll cost you like 15 bucks. And I was like, that's perfect. It's exactly what I needed to hear. I took it to a dry cleaner. I did my research. My mother texted me. Lorna was like, make sure you take it to a reputable dry cleaner. So I do my research, take it to a dry cleaner. I went to go pick it up yesterday. It is both shrunk and the colors have bled. And I oh, no. don't know what they did. So I feel like they lied to me. I feel like they just threw it in a washing machine and didn't actually dry clean it. Because it also smells like detergent, which it didn't oh, smell no. like before. So I was very sad. I was so upset. Oh, I'm so, like I I'm actually, so sorry. I cried. Did you say anything to them? I cried. I didn't inspect it when I was there because it looked fine. It was in the plastic, which I also felt like a doofus for oh, carrying that Oh, you didn't discover around. this till you got home? No, I discovered it when I got home. And also I was there right before they were closing and the woman who was uh, there in front of me like spent so long talking to the guy that I was just like, oh, I feel bad. It's like right at six o'clock. I, I should get out of here. And yeah, it's like... It's one of those things that like it probably won't look any different to everyone else. But the way the sleeves fit is totally different. Like the inner lining of the sleeve is now because I guess the like other material shrunk, but the oh. inside didn't. So they the, ruined your jacket. I know. And I'm like, I'm so bummed about it, mainly because like, A, this jacket existed in this perfect condition since the 90s. And then I'm the person whose actions made it look uh, shitty and then no, no. the other fault. thing the other thing that makes me mad is i paid someone to fuck it up when i could have fucked it up for free on my own and you might not have and i might not have because i would have been really gentle with washing it in the bathtub oh. i'm really mad now wait and a minute this all just happened so you haven't got to this point yet so i don't know if this is coming in the story did you confront them about this no 
I don't I'm just never going to go like it's not going to fix the jacket and like what I'm going to get a $15 refund. Also, I didn't keep the receipt. He was like, do you want a receipt? And I was like, no, that's OK, because I assumed it would be fine. Like uh, it looked it looked fine from. Like, I know earlier I had said uh, it's not your fault, but I'm I'd like to retract that. I mean, I agree. It's my fault. It's like, partially. It's- I have some ideas. Oh, hear me out. Um, one idea, like I'd have to see the inside of the jacket. But what you could do is remove the lining. I was thinking about that or like uh, altering it, like making it fit better. But also like it's fine. And it's just like a thing that I got. I think you can also take it back to the the. Did you pay with a credit card? Yeah. So just go back. Uh What can happen is, okay. so the color did leak, but there's ways to get it back out of the fabric. Yeah. Yeah. I just wouldn't want to go back to them and trust them. I with just anything wish you would again. give me your stuff and then <laughs> give, I would go give back it to with Alicia. my personality and be like, hey, like you, you, this needs to be fixed. Alicia is clearly a big fan of Fight Back with David Horowitz from back in the day. And uh, I think, <laughs> I think she that can. You could get out the, the leaking stuff. Um, it's not like it's really not that bad. And no, the thing is, no, no, the, no. Don't backtrack this. Is, no, no, you no. have to do something about this. Please. You don't. I'll just suck it up and carry it inside me for the rest of my life. But the oh. thing is, when I when I went and I dropped it off last week, the the man who was working in the shop was like, he didn't see me or hear me come in and the door was open. So there was like traffic sounds. And I'm also short. And I'm like, you know, it's that thing that we talked about a couple episodes ago where you're just standing there and you're like, do, do I what do I do? Um, but he was I saw he was using a um, a steamer on a dress And I was like, that's weird that he's just using a steamer when it's a dry cleaner. And then so now I'm like, do they secretly like try and save money by not dry cleaning and just steam cleaning everything? Like, what is this? Probably the steam clean part was a final. Yeah. Yeah. It was just strange. Again, there is a a really good Seinfeld bit (laughs) about all of this that covers the whole mechanics of dry cleaning and what dry cleaning is and isn't. What is dry cleaning? (laughs) I, I yeah, I should have like I should have done more research, I guess. But I thought like the amount of time and effort and like worrying about it that I put in was already a ridiculous amount. And I think like I'm also right at the stage of the pandemic where I'm like, it's all finally starting to get to me. And so like I yes. was like crying about this jacket and Jay was trying to like, how can I make you feel better about this? And I was like, it's fine. It's it's dumb. Like I'm just it's not dumb. No, it's What's, not. It's not dumb at all. I, this I, is where Jessica and I butt heads, uh, <laughs> like historically and forever. Is the things that you care about aren't dumb, and you are a conscientious consumer. You cherish the things that you have more than most people. You try not to be wasteful, and yeah, this didn't work out, and it's okay to be upset. It's not dumb. I just wish that there was a way we could figure out how to fix it, and so that's where my fight comes in. Is like I'm going to make this right because my sense of justice is very. Yeah. Strong and also uh, most often. Uh, I just don't even want to look at it anymore. Like it's hanging up. It was hanging up in the bathroom, like on the, the shower rack. And I was just like, I don't, it's just making me sad every time I look at it. And I was like, I have to put it away, but it's fine. <sighs> yeah. Whatever. I want to say, Alicia, what you were saying uh, just now is really well said uh, <laughs> about uh, nothing being dumb. But I would like to counter that with another story of my own. Uh, and I think, <laughs> I think you might rethink your position on that. When I used to work at the uh, University of Guelph at the radio station uh, back in like 2008 or something like that, every Friday, uh, pizza night, no, pizza yeah. day, I would walk down to the Stone Road Mall, which is we used to call the Stone Cold Mall, 
<laughs> and I would go to the Pizza Pizza. And Pizza Pizza at the time had a slice called the Pesto Amore. Oh. Pesto Amore was a pesto, spinach, roasted red pepper, maybe like a special cheese or something. I can't remember. And, oh, cheese uh, is special. But the thing with the, the Pesto Amore is they would bake the Pesto Amore because it was a bit of a niche indie rock fringe pizza <laughs> they built half of it was a pesto more the other half was like cheese something plain that people more popular so every time i noticed i would get the pesto more every friday with a with a brio which is the italian chinotto and i would always get mm. it and then i noticed a pattern of behavior among the staff when i would when they didn't have it on display i'd say uh are you gonna make another pesto more soon and they would say well we could but it'll take 15 minutes. Oh. Now, you both have worked in retail. You've told white lies to customers. It dawned on me, 15 minutes is a magical number. That's just enough time to be like, I have to get back to work. Yeah. I can't wait that long. I'll, I'll get something else. That's, That's what true. they wanted. But I would always say, That's fine. <laughs> I can wait. So they would have to make... And they would roll their eyes and they would make the pesto amore and then I would, they'd <laughs> the make the whole thing cheese. and then I would eat it. But then it got a little more harsh. They saw me coming because I was there every Friday, regular customer. It's your special treat. So tell me, this is madness now. I went once and they said, no, we're not making it. Like they just flat out said, no, we're not going to do it. I what they hated about making it. It was just well, like, like I say, a little it was, bit it was, extra. It was good. First of all, it was different than all the run-of-the-mill pepperoni, whatever the hell else they had. It was actually good, and I think it involved a little more ingredients that they didn't want to... I don't know. Maybe they, I was the only one who bought it. They didn't have the amore in their hearts That's right. to put in. That's right. So the one, the one time they said no, and I was wow. like, that's weird. So I left. <laughs> the next time I went back, they said, uh, oh, we can't make it. We're out of spinach. <laughs> And I said, oh, well, I can just go to the grocery store <laughs> and buy you a bag of spinach. And You're they said, just razzing them at this point. This no, is like- I wanted the pesto more. <laughs> Every week I wanted I, wa- I walked like half an hour to oh, get wow. this stupid slice of pizza because it was better than the pizza pizza on campus where I worked had nothing. Just cardboard garbage. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I they said, no, you can't do that can't go buy a spinach yeah so i'm like okay so you have no spinach you can't make me the pizza and they said no i said all right i go out to the phone booth because <gasps> i didn't have a cell phone at the time and when you call central pizza pizza you're getting like the delivery people right and i say hey i'd like a medium pesto amore i'd like to pick it up at the stone cold mall Fuck. <laughs> and they went okay sir no problem oh that'll be God. uh 15 minutes i'm like are you sure <sighs> It's not going to be an issue, is there? And they're like, no, no, it should be fine. No problem. Wow. So I walked around the mall for 15 minutes, <laughs> just looking at stuff. I walked back into the Pizza Pizza and they are just, so they just, their faces are fallen. Sheepish guilt and rage all mixed together. Just awful looks on there. Like, uh, sorry, we didn't make you the pesto more. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's fine. They give me the pesto amore and they make me pay for it. <laughs> so I buy this. I have a medium pizza. I'm like, there's no one else in the mall pizza pizza. It's like a, it's not like a food court. It's like its own place. So I'm sitting there with a medium pizza box just by myself. And then the owner of the pizza pizza franchise walks in. He's like, I think he's uh, Middle Eastern. 
And he walks in and he goes to the back and I hear them talking about it. It was his son who told me they were out oh. of spinach. He begins to yell oh, no. at his son about the behavior. Someone else has told them what has gone on. Oh, wow. And I'm Because I'm, I'm, I'm not only eating the pesto amore, I'm staring at them in the kitchen. <laughs> Every this bite, like I'm just like, movie. I love this. And then he came out and apologized to me Whoa. for it. And I said, you know, I, they charged me for this pizza. He's like, oh, refund. So that to me is a comp. That's a weird. That's me being obstinate. That and to to my earlier point, Alicia, is that not is that dumb? Was it dumb that I did that? That's vigilante pizza justice, isn't it? <laughs> the trigger for me was fifteen. It'll be fifteen minutes. But my point is that's yeah. code. That's a lie. Yeah, for Th- sure. That is that that is it is a lie in the sense that a it's probably a lie temporarily it's probably not going to be 15 minutes but what that what 15 what it's gonna if you are at a place and someone tells you well yeah but that's going to take a bit longer probably 15 minutes what the code is if you can decipher it is fuck you get out of our place and that's what i resented i felt unwanted Uh and mistreated and so my counteraction was i'm going to prove that you're lying to me i love that yeah so that's why i wanted to tell that story because that to me is the root of my issues with most companies <laughs> and businesses. Like we all are just, it's become normalized. Well, the cable company's lying to me. The cell phone company's lying yeah, to me. Yeah, everyone's gouging you and you just have to sort of sit there and take it. But this was an example of me literally taking matters. Well, not literally, but I took matters into my own hands and you thought- the pizza into your own mouth. <laughs> there's gotta be a workaround. If, and I don't know where I came up with this in the moment. I'm just gonna call central booking- <laughs> And, and they're going to have to, thinking. like, I didn't say, I didn't care in it. Let me speak to the manager. I'm like, you know what? I think I'm calling bullshit by literally calling some yeah. nebulous orb that's taking <laughs> pizza pizza orders. The pizza orb. Yeah. So anyway, I thought, I'm glad you liked you the story. You like called a little shit on his behavior. Yeah. The sweetest, the sweetest part was that it was his dad. Yeah. Like it was, a, and I, you know, you're saying we have to take uh, the same way I felt mistreated at McDonald's. Yeah. You know, I was a kid working a minimum wage job. I don't remember. Maybe I was the only person of color there. I have no idea. The manager was definitely white. No one else was being ridiculed for not caring about their food, to my knowledge. I wasn't at yeah, every that's meeting. Really weird. It's kind of weird. But uh, I'm a brown man. Kid was a brown man. I wasn't anything personal. I wasn't, I wasn't playing no race card. I was just like, you've been lying to me with a different lie for like weeks, 15 minutes. Uh, we don't have any spinach. <laughs> uh, you know, I was just sick of it. So I stood up for myself and all I'm saying, I don't want to tell you your business, Jess, but I would go back to the dry cleaner and say, I think you lied to me. And and then <sighs> order them a pizza. See what happens. <laughs> anyway, that was my story. I'm just, I, I love your story. It's a battle of wills and you won. But I think I'm just at the point where like, I don't have any will to. Yeah, it doesn't, it wouldn't bring you the satisfaction. <laughs> no, I would feel embarrassed and bad. And it's $15. Like it, I can spare $15. And also like it was a local, like family owned business and they probably need the money. So like, I'm, yeah. <laughs> All right. So what do we do next? Oh, well, we've got some horse information. Oh, shit. <gasps> so how this segment works, 
is uh, we get a little bit of warm up information that we don't have to. It's definitely true. So we don't have to decide if it's true or false. Jay just wants to get our minds up to a canter, uh, so to speak. Um, is that Jay? Am I using that term correctly? I don't really know that much about horses, but Jay does. Um, so we're going to get a, a bit of warm up information and then we'll get the true and false. And if you're right, congratulations. And if you're wrong, you get the big moo. So let's launch launch into the first uh, warm up information. Oh, there's two pieces of warm up information. Okay, so oh, this is a special edition. I realize this is horse information secretariat edition. Oh, whoa! Famous horse secretariat. Okay, the first horse ever to be sold for over one million U.S. dollars was the son of secretariat, named Canadian Bound. As a racehorse, he was a total failure. Oh, I love him. I respect that. False. <laughs> true. I'm sorry. You get the big moo. What? That's true? Oh, my God. That uh, racehorse sounds like uh, the pizza guy. <laughs> like, son son of a, uh, an ambitious father and just a total shit. Yeah, it does, does relate. <laughs> yeah. Canadian bound, too. Um, okay, there's another additional bonus piece of uh, warm-up information. There are six statues of Secretariat. Wow, thank you for the bonus information, Jay. Six statues, I wonder where they all are, and if you, like, visit all of them, like, something magical happens. Haven't some of them probably been taken down? Yeah, notoriously racist horse. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I had some really bad, bad, uh, bad opinions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Some horrible opinions. Yeah. That's all it took. Hor- horrible. Just, just bad opinions. Sorry. Sorry, Jay. Sorry to, for you to find out this way. Jay's yeah. been like really deep into Secretariat this. Sorry. May I, uh, may I ask, why does Jay so, know so much about horses? Um, he... In his 20s, like, lived on some, some, like... Uh, In his 20s, he was a horse. Yeah, he, Jay was briefly a horse in the mid-90s. Um, he he lived in some places out in Langley, uh, the aforementioned suburb where my mother lives, um, which is very rural, and some of the places he lived at were, like, um, houses on, like, property with horses, and if you, like, would take care of the horses, they would, like, give you a discount on rent. So Jay would sometimes be waking up every morning like at dawn to feed 40 horses and you learn a lot and he also used to volunteer at a therapeutic riding place so he just like he knows a lot about horses as you're speaking i realized that we covered this ground on one of the oh, yeah. two times that jay was on uh, my podcast creative yeah. control and i think if memory serves uh i think it was the episode that you were on or sorry you were on both episodes too now that i think about it but the second that's one was right. the live uh, radio thing. Oh, yeah, and I yeah. feel like that's when the horse stuff came up. Now that yeah, I think about it. I mean, Jay is like a, it's on record that he's like a lifelong horse fan. Yeah. And he so has I, like that calm energy. He's tall. He's bony. He's he's calm. To Alicia's point, he, he is and was a horse. Yeah, he's still, he's still part horse. Yeah, yeah, it's true. She knows him. She yeah. knows, Alicia knows Jay pretty well. Um, okay, so now we're on to the true and false. I'm just going to get it out. We're going to do A and B. Oh, we wait don't a minute. All... I, I misunderstood. I thought that was the true or false. Okay. No, those, okay, are sorry, those are just Those are both, those are both horse up. facts. Okay, sorry. We're on to the true and false. We don't have to agree, but someone's going to get the big move, potentially, unless it's unanimous. Okay, so A, 
Secretariat's brother, Sweet Baby, <laughs> retired from racing in 1979 and became the first medical horse in Texas working at a hospital in Dallas. Oh. So who's do I answer? Who answers? We're, we're, I'm going to read A and B, and then we'll all three of us will answer. Sorry, I keep interjecting. It's okay. Really, it's I, okay. I apologize. So, Secretariat's brother, Sweet Baby, uh, retired medical horse, Dallas. <laughs> That's A. B. The Secretariat Festival is held every fall in Kentucky and includes celebrity appearances and an auction of barrel art. Don't worry. The festival went virtual in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. that was really tough. Like, yeah. those seem, I feel like they're, I've seen a therapy horse in a Spanish hospital before. Mm -hmm. The same as a dog going through to, to spend some time with the patients. And it's really mm -hmm. beautiful. And also, it's so weird to see a horse. A horse-puddle? A horse-puddle. <laughs> Well, you mentioned that the, the say that again, the horse uh, worked at a hospital in Dallas. I believe Dallas, Texas. all of this information is actually contained in the Warren Commission report. <laughs> so I think it's actually true. Uh, 1979, though? Do you really think? Oh, Do you really think? Right. I missed that. I missed that part. <laughs> Uh, that part of the that didn't that nullifies my joke. That's okay. It's I'm gonna go with the festival being true. That's I what agree. I'm leaning towards. That's what I I'm agree. leaning towards. So we got we have three three thinking the same way. What is it? What's the truth? Okay. Drum roll. A is false. Nobody gets the big moo. Oh, I got it all queued up and everything. Wait, um, does that mean we did well? We won. All three of us oh, won. Okay. Yeah. Okay. A is false. Secretariat had 17 siblings, but none were doctors. <laughs> 17. That's a lot. Wow. Holy is that shit. a lot for... Well, wait. Is that a lot for a, a horse? That could be like a small family for a horse. No, I don't think so because horses only have one offspring. Yeah, at a time. Oh. It would take 17 separate pregnancies. Yeah. This sense that I feel like the makings of a new uh, segment here, horseancestry.com. Yeah. You figure I like out where the it. horses come from. Horse Sorry. family. I'm getting caught. I've been on the show <laughs> for so long now in this episode <laughs> that I, I'm becoming overly familiar and suggesting ideas. I'm sorry. Um,. I'm sorry I said that Jay's, Jay was a horse in his 20s. I just always kind of think, like, because I didn't know him in his 20s, that maybe he was a horse. Yeah. And then, like, a, there was a reasonable. spell or something that happened. Yeah. Perhaps a possession. It makes sense. Jessica, are you okay? She's not here Pardon? anymore. Uh-oh. Hello again. Is it... Biscuit Demon? Yes, it's me, Biscuit Deem Deems. <laughs> oh my gosh, Biscuit Deem Deems. How's, how's the pandemic been treating you? Oh, it's been delightful. <laughs> Why? Oh, you know, I live in hell. Go <laughs> uh, Alicia. Hello, nice to meet you. Uh, hello, um, hi. Pardon me hi. a moment. Alicia, what's going on? What's happening right now? Somehow we've managed to summon Biscuit Demon. And, oh. I mean, it's going to get weird. Do you have any spare skin I might snack on? Uh... I notice you have a lot of extra hair. Can I nibble on the ends? Sure. I guess Need so. A trim? <laughs> 
Wait, wait a minute. You, you're a biscuit demon, but you eat hair? What kind I, of... I swing both ways, hair and cookies. Oh, right. I'm an omnivore. You're, you're bisexual, I guess, is what... Bisexual, yes. I'm also pan. Really? Right. I eat pans. <laughs> If I, uh, if I may interject, uh, is Jessica okay? First of all, yeah, we do need to check in. Uh. She's, uh, dissociating right now. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Biscuit Demon, I am a professional interviewer. Is it okay if I ask you a few questions? Oh, I would love that. Uh, so, ha- hello. Hi. Ha- how, how are you? I'm quite damp, currently. D- d- uh, are you proofing? Yes. <laughs> what is ca- the dampness is caused by the proofing? Is it um, is it uncomfortably damp or is it a comfortable damp? Mm, it's delicious. Oh, interesting. Is it more clammy? Oh, quite clammy. I am proofing with clam juice. Fucking disgusting. That, that sounds disgusting. Yeah, biscuits. That sounds that sounds gross. Now, what well, what kinds of biscuits do you like there? Uh, I'm sorry, I missed. Uh, I, I want to be colloquial here. Was it biscuit deems? Oh, biscuit deem deems. Yeah, you can call me that biscuit demon. It's a bit formal, but biscuit deem deems. I think one of our former <laughs> guests nicknamed me that. Uh, my favorite biscuits. I do like an Oreo, but if you put scabs inside instead of icing. Scabs. Okay. Demons, go back to hell. Okay, you want to come? No, I don't. I miss you. I didn't miss you. Okay. So the new Oreo flavor would be scabs. Scabs. There's like the peanut butter pie. There's gingerbread and the hair. (laughs) Right. There's the hair. The, the, the hair Oreos, yeah, yeah that's... Oh, I am going to puke and shit myself. <laughs> Can you save it for me? <laughs> oh, I can't, says the demon. That's my favorite. It just, it just, it just it's seems like you... <laughs> seems like you've been misnamed. As You seem to enjoy other types of things to consume other than biscuits, really. It, it doesn't seem right that you're named Biscuit Demon, if I might. Well, I think I started out in a in a puppet workshop uh, mm. with a hand up my anus, mm-hmm. and I was deemed too scary, so they remade me, they sent me to hell, and my brother is a cookie monster, but at first I was like the beta test, and they called me Biscuit Demon. I but see. I was too scary, I made all the children cry. You didn't just make them cry, you gave all of them polio. Well, you know, potato, potato. Papapolio. Papapolio. Sorry, whoops. I'm just trying to decipher uh, by your accent exactly where you're from. You seem like a horse Scandinavian. Uh, Is that accurate? Well, the the horse theme has come up earlier, but just like a little, like a, a Scandinavian, like a Scandinavian that needs a sucret or something. Is that... Do you have any that you've been s- sucking on? <laughs> Disgusting! That's, that's... Any used? Or I, I prefer certs. Oh, okay. It's this weird plug at the end there yes. with certs. Uh, yes. Yeah, we we can probably get you some They're used certs. They're popular in hell. I see. Okay. So you you are from hell, which is another it's in the nether regions. I'm from hell, but the Scandinavian section of hell. Helsinki. Yes. Okay, just making and sure. My my dad is Werner Herzog. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> ah, yes, this my, is 
this explains a lot. fact, Werner Herzog, <laughs> when he was uh, shooting uh, uh, Fitzcarraldo. <laughs> I didn't know that puppets had moms. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, a puppet is just like a, a piece of cloth until it's uh, fertilized. <laughs> I see. Oh, really? Okay. Werner, uh, yeah, he's an experimental guy. Really respect his work. <laughs> Yeah, on your mom. Love my daddy. <laughs> but anyway, my throat, I need to get a bit more damp, so I, I need to go to hell. Do you have any more questions, or should I just... Uh, go to hell? Go to hell? Yeah, I, I, th- I think I'm okay. done. Well, you can just mail me your extra hair, or like, whatever. Okay. Do not that's agree a, to that, Beesh. Like, that is a normal... That's normal. on the envelope, please? Sure, I, I don't actually uh, have any B.O. Oh, that's too bad. You're like... Yeah, you're I smell like great. Jay. I don't... I am. Yeah, there's nothing there. There's not, I don't smell like anything. It's oh. great. You you wouldn't like me, Bisky Deems. Deems. No, but I do like how much extra hair you have. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> bye. Bye, Biscuit Demon. Bye, Biscuit Demon. Thanks for the... That was so weird. What just happened? Nothing. Uh, nothing. Nothing. Uh, I feel like all pins and needles and my butt feels weird. Oh. Is that weird? Nothing Is happened. that weird to admit on the podcast that my butt feels weird right now? No, no. It's a, <sighs> it's, it's why people it's why people tune in. Yeah. <laughs> Jessica's uh butt updates, my favorite segment. Yeah. Um, should we do yeah. Pop of the Week? Sure. Okay. Sovish. Yeah. It doesn't have to be something that happened this week. It can oh. be an all-time puppo. It, it doesn't have to be an animal. It can be really anything. But who is your puppo of the week? Well, much to the chagrin of my son, uh, we were just recounting the story the other day. He did, actually. He brought it up. My children, when they were younger, uh, and they do it still, they don't eat all their food at dinner, at lunch, breakfast, whatever the time of day. <laughs> they just won't eat their food. And my wife, in exasperation, when they sort of declare they're not going to eat any of the food that has been prepared, they say, guys, what do you, do you think I'm made of money? And she says this a lot. Yeah. It's an old timey expression. You know what it means, right? Oh yeah. One day uh, we were at the, we in Ontario, this is a few years ago. Now my daughter was maybe, uh, what is she now? She's six. So she must've been four, three or four. We're on the beach of this. We'd rented a cottage in Ontario by the lake. It was dusk and all these bugs tiny bugs were swarming her and her brother and they were running <laughs> away from them. And at one point my daughter said, guys, leave me alone. What do you think? I made of money. <laughs> <laughs> do you think I made of money guys? And we were all like, what? And we couldn't, we, I couldn't figure out what she meant. I forgot about my wife's <laughs> the contact frequent. Yeah. And so we figured it out and I, I laughed for hours like i, I could that. not my face hurt when i realized that's what she meant so that's my is that does that work for your segment that, yeah totally and i i was gonna say like she's my papo too and your son as well like they're quite you you bonded with ramona yeah quite a bit when you visited our house in guelph i remember yeah. that. yeah 
there's a very cute photo of us on Facebook still, which is still for some reason, like one of the most recent photos. Cause I guess just like no one really posts stuff on Facebook that much. Yeah, I don't me. really, I don't use it as much as it's weird. Yeah. I pivoted to Instagram, which is owned by Facebook. I know me too. I just, I like it better. The layout's better, but yeah, yeah. it's a, a very wholesome and beautiful photo. We're like playing in your old backyard. And yeah. 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 I liked how she was just like over a lot of stuff. She was just like, no, like <laughs> she <laughs> yeah. has a bit of an attitude. Yeah. yeah. What do you yeah. think I made of money? Yeah. Yeah. I can really picture her saying that and meaning it. Well, it's very <laughs> funny. Like it, out of context, it's just a funny thing to yell at bugs. <laughs> I'm going to start using it. I think <laughs> what do you think I've made of money. <laughs> um, I love that. Alicia, who's your Papa of the week? My Papa of the week is Hank. Um, I love him so much. Uh, he's such a good guy. He's been sick all week. I came home on Monday and I was opening the, my apartment door and I was like, something smells weird. Oh, no. Um, and he's just had like terrible GI issues. And we've been through this. Like, I feel like it's really just goes from crisis to crisis with Hank. And so, you know, it's not the first time I've had to lay on the floor and hand feed him dinner. So sorry. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I love him so much. And I love antibiotics and they're magical. And I'm just waiting for them to kick in. Yeah. Yeah. He is he's a great dog and so much love for him. How about you, Jessica? You've been seeing a lot of good cats. I'm very Papo rich cat wise right now, but I'm not going to talk about any of those Oh, because something magical happened yesterday. For the past three years, we've had the same couple of geese nesting on or around our building. Um, and we know it's the same too, because they, they do, do the same exact weird behavior where they sit right on the, uh, front doormat of our building and they'll shit right there and they'll try and get in and they'll tap their beaks on the glass. I love them so much too. They're big honkers at now their third nesting season here. They're like completely used to Jay and I, so we can get up like pretty close, you know, still a respectful distance, but within, you know, I'd say like four feet, we can get within them and they, they don't mind us. Oh. Yesterday on our way out to the aforementioned dry cleaners, I was taking out the recycling as I went and I opened up our back door, like downstairs by the, the dumpsters. And there was a crow right in front of the door. And I was like, that's so weird because it's like down a hall. There's nothing there. There's like no dumpsters. It's like, why are you here? And then this little crow, like, I was like, what are you doing here, buddy? And then he started hopping away. And then I saw the two geese out behind my building, which is rare because they're usually in, in the front or, you know, around greener pastures. And then I saw that the two geese had a tiny baby Aww. that must have just hatched. And we knew that they were nesting because the nest is on top of the building next door. And we could see just the corner of like the goose's neck when it was sitting there. And then the other one would be like eating. And it was just so magical. Like this little fluffy, tiny angel. And this is the first time we've seen them with any offspring. So either like they weren't properly nesting or they weren't ready or whatever. Um, but yeah, there's just one and there's this beautiful little um, grassy oasis that sprouted. I've been in this building for over 10 years now. So I, like I've seen it change and grow and like decay and right in our backyard on my birthday for some reason last year. So August 24th, 2020, I posted a picture of this little patch of weird grass that had just sprouted in the middle of like a completely concrete paved alley and parking lot. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but I love it and I support it and I want it to stay here. And then yesterday I saw this little baby goose like eating its first grass right from this little patch. And the oh. parents were there 
And so we had to get to the dry cleaners by six, but we were like, okay, we're going to like go quickly, pick it up. And this is why also I wasn't examining the jacket closely until we got back, but ran back, grabbed my fancy like professional camera, went back out and I did the most heartwarming, beautiful, inspiring photo shoot you've ever seen in your life. (laughs) I took like 67 photos and I'm not even like that great at photography, let alone wildlife photography, but like I've got some beautiful images. In fact, I'm going to share one with you two right now okay? because it's going to warm your hearts. Uh, It's so magical. Oh, come on. That's amazing. I know. They look so happy. And this is like the little baby. So yellow. So yellow and like so fluffy and tiny, but also like looks like an old crone at the same time. <laughs> Just like. So funny. Are you sure? Isn't that a duck? Nope. See, this is what we keep saying. We keep referring to it as the duck because we're like, it's yellow, but it's a gosling. Like that. that's what they look like. I want to see a goose paternity test actually at this point. <laughs> I feel like that might be a duck. Yeah. No, it's beautiful. This is love. And, and to, uh, to, to speak to what you were saying earlier, wonderful photography oh thank you no (laughs) it is really good it's really yeah well it it helped that it was like the golden hour and they were like look like they were glowing and i yeah yeah Yeah, in the sun yeah i hope are you going to share these images with the uh, listeners somehow well i had the idea and this was like jay and i's first idea when we were looking at the photos as we were eating dinner last night he was like you got to make a calendar and i was like i do like a goose big honker little honker calendar so we picked 12 of our favorite images and i was thinking of maybe like putting it up as like a bonus on patreon uh but then i was like if people want like an actual printed version of it i could look into that and see how that would work but like i don't know if people do that anymore if everything's just like digital but anyway this is a a new project i've laid out for myself but yeah i'm in love with this little gosling really adorable yeah And the idea that like once it's hatched, the parents just have to stay with it and can't fly anywhere until it can fly. So like when they walked away from where they were, they were just walking down the alley. And I have photos of that, too. And it's amazing because there's just like these two giant fluffy dinosaurs with this little tiny fluffy dinosaur. And I'm like, this is magical. This is amazing. Jess, that's what that's what all parenting is. You can't just abandon your child after you had it. I can't just leave. I'm with these people all the time. Lots of animals do, though. This is the thing that I was thinking about and I was talking about with Jay. I guess animals. Like, sure. Fine. There's a, Yeah. Okay. Fine. Like they could, if they leave it even for a second, it's going to get eaten. Like the crow was there because it wanted to eat it. And a couple dogs walked down the alley while we were there and the dogs just, there was a corgi that was so fixated on the, the baby and just like wanted to eat it. And there was a lab that wanted to eat it. So well, it's I'm, like, I'm generally fearful that my children are going to be eaten. That's why I'm around them all the time. I'm, I'm worried. I don't want them to well, get eaten. Well, you should yeah. keep Biscuit Demon away from them for sure. <laughs> Especially their hair. <laughs> oh, so you you maybe remember a little bit about what Biscuit Demon's all about. Is that what you're saying? What? What? Does your butt hurt? Uh, it's getting better. Okay, good. It's healing. Nice. The world is healing itself. But anyway, yeah, that's my Pop of the Week. It's magical. It's inspiring. Uh, if you if you need to see this image, I'll just put up the one that I just showed to, to Vish and... Vish and a leash. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. Um, on our Patreon. So uh, by the time this comes out, you'll be able to see it. Um, speaking of Patreon, do you have anything to plug? Where, If people want to listen to your show or if they want to follow you online, where and how can they do that? 
Well, it's very kind of you to ask. I want to thank you both for having me on the show before I go too much into self-promotion. Thank you, Alicia. It's been nice to uh, hang out with you. And uh, Jess, it's nice to see you again. You uh, as well. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So the, the show is called Creative Control uh, with two Ks. I tend to have uh, interviews. Uh, it's an interview-based show. Lots of conversations with people who are musicians and comedians and authors and athletes and i make the odd documentary when i have a time i haven't had time in some time but anyway yeah the podcast is called creative control it's on all wherever you get your podcasts and uh, my website is vishkana.com you can learn more about me there and i'm on uh twitter uh at vishkana and instagram at vishkana or you can follow uh, the podcast twitter at vish creative and yeah i have a patreon too but uh, i'll urge people to check out the show first and if it's uh, if they deem it worthwhile, then perhaps they could contribute uh, then. So I think that's pretty yeah. much it. Oh, I also uh, would like people to consider uh, supporting uh, Yes, which is a uh, youth. Uh, it's an organization in Edmonton that helps uh, youth who are unhoused. And you can learn more about them at uh, yes.org. It's Y-E-S-S uh, dot org. And uh I've never met the people who run it, but it seems like a good organization. And I like to help, uh, as you know, Jess, I think when I was in Guelph, I tried to do things to up Guelph yeah, and boost Guelph and, and local organizations. And I still uh, have all these sponsorships <laughs> with Ontario businesses. And the nature of pizza. the sponsorships were barter. So free coffee, free pizza, free books, free donuts. And I still, I'm gone and I still am promoting these companies, <laughs> even though I can't reap the rewards anymore. But I yeah. I do believe in them. I believe in donuts. I believe in books. So uh, anyway, I yeah, support your, <laughs> support your local uh, businesses and uh, charitable organizations is all I wanted yeah. to say. And I can put a link to yes.org yeah. in, in the show notes so people can check it out. Sure. And I'll also link to your all your other stuff. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Alicia, do you have anything you would like to plug? Uh, let me just double check the May calendar. I think this will come out in time for you to plug your show. It was the 28th, right? Oh, it is. Yeah, it's the 28th. Okay, yeah, this will come out on the 17th. Oh, next week? Wow. Yeah. What, did someone drop out? Why did you ask me to be on the show? What is going on? Nothing. This is just the turnaround time that we always have. Okay. I we just do it a week in advance. No, yeah. it's nice. I'm just <laughs> I assume someone no, canceled. I, Jay, Jay <laughs> thought you would be a good guest and he suggested me and I have a list of guests and I was like, oh. I'll ask Vish. Oh, thank you. Sorry. Don't, Sorry, don't be paranoid. <laughs> Very paranoid. Um, yeah, Alicia. So we're going to do a virtual come draw with me um, May 28th, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So people that are on the East Coast can join. Um, there's going to be 40 tickets to draw and 60 tickets to just watch the show. Um, comedians Aaron Reed, past guest Aaron Reed, and Graham Clark will be our comedy people. And yeah, so if you always wanted to come to the show, but you never could, or if you're one of the longtime fans of the show, hey, we're going to do it online and see how it goes. That's so exciting. I will be there. But I will not be drawing because I want to leave those tickets up to people who maybe have not had a chance to participate before. I mean, I'll be drawing, but at home and just not sharing my screen. <laughs> Jessica. 
Yes. Uh, what's even happening? Just listen to Bongo Dance. Watch the music video for Bongo Dance. Vish just reminded me that it exists. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there's that. I made that. Uh, so that's fun. If you, I yeah. usually watch it. I usually watch it at least once a week. Wow. Thank you. That's a good RX for happiness. Yeah. Good. Meds. When my spirits are down or I'm sad, I watch Bongo Dance. It is the cure all. That is honestly why we made it. We were like, people need something light and silly right now. We made it uh, on Jay's birthday in 2020, March 21st. Such a great video too. Right when everything shut down and then, yeah. Motor car, motor car, motor car. On the freeway. On the freeway. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to get into it now. I was just about to start doing the next line, but no, just look it up on YouTube. It's there. Um, Vish, thank you so much again for, for joining us and making time and rescheduling and everything. It's been lovely. And Alicia, as always, thank you for being you. And I hope that Hank's feeling better soon. Yeah. Get well soon, Hank. And thanks again for having me. Yeah. It was a pleasure. It was so nice to meet you. Sweet dreams, everybody. We love you all. Bye-bye. Bye.